Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Agriculture is Saskatchewan. And 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And for Jim Smalley, I'm Josh Sigerton. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Seedmaster. Save up to $22.50 per acre on canola with the Seedmaster Ultra Pro 2 Individual Row Metering System. Today we look at this week's crop report. We also learn how this heat is affecting the Quill Lakes, and the farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Filling in for Jim, here's Josh Sigurdsson. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by JGL Commodities, proudly serving Saskatchewan agribusinesses for over 40 years. Looking to market your grain? Call JGL Commodities today, 306-642-2378. The latest crop, Saskatchewan crop report shows that 4% of crops have been combined so far. Sarah Tetland with Saskatchewan Agriculture shares more. I guess most of this harvest progress was more in the southern and central regions. So farmers are getting off the crop as soon as it is kind of mature enough and ready to be harvested. So right now a lot of the crops just aren't ready to be harvested. And a lot of um, the fields that are coming off are the winter cereals and pulse crops. So there really was quite a bit of progress in the areas where crops have been ready. So in the southwest region, for example, 11 of the crop in this region has been combined, um, as well as 5% in the southeast, and then 2% in both the east central and west central regions. Um, So farmers have been making some progress combining when they're able to, and they've also been doing some swathing and desiccating just to get the fields ready to be combined. So they're kind of moving at the pace they can just with how the crops are developing and what stage they're at. Uh, yeah, you talk about crop development. Obviously, there has been uh, extreme heat over the past uh, week or so. How has that affected crops? Yeah, so the warm temperatures most definitely have helped crops kind of rapidly develop and mature. Some farmers have noted, though, that those really high temperatures, so some areas got to the mid-30s, has resulted in premature ripening and some crops actually not filling properly. So just not getting as much seed or kind of as plump a seed as you'd like. And there also has been reports of heat stress in canola. So um, heat blasting resulting in uh, no pods being developed on some, uh, some parts of the plant. So there has been some issues due to those really high temperatures. Um, but we'll kind of see how that affects the crop in the next couple weeks, week or so as they're being harvested. And how are uh, canola and wheat crops looking across the province? Yeah, so I guess for the most part, the crops are looking good. Um, They aren't at the stage where they're being harvested yet, so it's kind of hard to predict how the yield is going to be. Um, There has been a little bit of wheat and uh, durum harvested in the southern regions of the province, 
And um, and then canola, there hasn't really been much combine at all, but they are getting at the stages where they are being swathed or desiccated. So I think we'll kind of see how the yields are in the next couple of weeks in some parts of the province. And then yeah, many people are expecting a uh, a bumper crop this year. Is that still kind of the uh, the common feel around the province right now? Uh, I think it really does kind of vary based on the region. Um, as I mentioned before, some farmers have noted that due to those high temperatures, this has affected uh, kind of the amount of seed or the seed yield they're seeing in the plants. A lot of these crops haven't been combined yet, so kind of hard to predict the yield and how how widespread that heat damage has been. Um, for the most part, farmers have kind of been saying that yields are average still, but I think we'll kind of know more information once more of the province is actively combining and we have a bit more of the crop off. The forecast looks like it's supposed to be fairly warm and I don't think too much rain in too many areas. So I think uh, progress, if kind of conditions stay the same, will kind of be similar to this past week. Along with that, a lot of the harvest going on has been more in the southern and central regions. So kind of as we move along the next couple weeks, more of the crops will be at the stage where they can be harvested. So, um, for example, farmers more in the northern regions noted they might not start harvest for still a couple weeks. So once we kind of reach that stage, uh, harvest will really progress throughout the province. Once again, that was Sarah Tetland with the Ministry of Agriculture. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Covering for Jim Smalley, here's Josh Sigerson. This portion is brought to you by Salford Group. Call your Salford equipment dealer or visit salfordgroup.com. The Quill Lakes region has seen their fair share of water in recent years, so when a drought year like this comes, it's both good and bad news for the area. Quill Lake area farmer Dwight Odeline has been watching the water level at the Quill Lakes in recent years. He says some areas are starting to dry out after, after a couple of dry years. The lake's down in the last month about six inches, so that's obviously heading in the right direction. But it has been, you know, a dry year. I know uh, there's, a, there's a farm just a couple miles north of the lake. I think they had about four and a half inches of rain since the first part of May. So, you know, that's not very much. So overall, I'd just say that's uh, fairly good news for people in your area, is that? Yeah, well, for sure, other than... Uh, <laughs> It's not quite enough rain to uh, grow a good crop, you know. Well, having said that, the uh, we from what uh, what I've seen and what I've been hearing, I'd say we probably got a good average crop. So it, you know, it's uh, good that the lake's receding, but it'd be nice to have maybe a couple more inches. <laughs> Is there land that was underwater uh, when the Quill Lakes were at their kind of full extent of what they were, beginning to make a comeback? Yes, it is. I, I talked to a fellow the other day, and I can't remember how many acres he said he gained, but it was it was substantial. But the crop is, I think he's figured under half there, maybe even closer to a third. So, I, you know, time will tell how quickly the recovery is, but it's not immediate. I'm suspecting, uh, you know, high water table uh, salinity is probably to blame for that. Weather-wise, you said that you need rain earlier in this interview. I guess why is that? Well, at my farm, I think it's rained about five and a half inches since the first part of May, and it it hasn't rained much for the last month. And uh, I can just tell by the crop that uh, an inch of rain or inch or two uh, a couple of weeks ago would help the crop somewhat. Like I said, it's probably a good average crop, but it would have been better uh, if we had a little bit more rain. It's ripening uh, a little bit prematurely. It's under uh, drought stress, I guess is the way to describe it. 
for the most part, what's uh, growing up in the Quillix region? Well, there's, you know, your regular staples, I guess, wheat, barley, oats, uh, canola. It seems to be quite a few more peas around this area. A little bit of hemp. But those are the main ones, I guess. And what are your f- uh, fields looking like? Well, I've got some barley off, and uh, like I said, it's I consider it a good average crop, and uh, the uh, quality seems to be there. I just tried some peas. They're not ready. I want them to be, but they're not. Uh, anyways, I've, uh, one of my cousins had combined some peas, and it, uh, yeah, you know, it sounds like they're in the 40 to 50 range, which it's, uh, like I said, a good average crop. And are combines rolling yet in uh, your region, or is it still a little ways yet? Yeah, there's not everybody's going. There's uh, some barley coming off and a little bit of peas, but just in the last few days. And I suspect if this heat continues, more and more guys will be firing the combines up. Another week, I'd say it'll be, everybody will be going. In 10 days, it'll be going full force here, I'd say. That was Dwight Odeline from the Quill Lake area on the current state of the Quill Lakes and farms around the region. And Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney on The Source, 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. After the amalgamation of Siggy and Cereals Canada, they went through a hiring process trying to find a CEO, and the new CEO joins us right now. It is Dean Dias. Dean, how are you? Good morning, Sean. I'm very good. How are you? I'm doing very well. And Dean, congratulations on being appointed the new CEO of Cereals Canada. Thank you. Yeah, it is It is exciting, and I'm, uh, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, so, so Dean... You ha- talk about your experience here because you came from the Sigi side. We're we're post amalgamation of Cereals Canada and Sigi. Uh, give us some some of your career background. So you know um, when I first moved to Canada in two thousand and six um, from Mumbai, India, um, I never thought that agriculture would be the industry that I would fall in love with um, because growing up in Mumbai, you know, it's a metropolitan city, um, but you know. Once I came to Canada and landed in Winnipeg and finished my education, um, I started working for Siggy and uh, started to realize uh, the, the impact of the agricultural industry for Canada and around the world. Um, the respect that Canadian, uh, like Canadian grains deserve from around the world is incredible. Um, so to me, you know, at that point, it was a you know, light bulb going off saying, this is an incredible industry. Um, and as I grew through Siggy, you know, started to learn more about how much this industry is, you know, diverse and providing, um, you know, food for people around the world. Uh, and that is something that I was proud of. And I wanted to be part of this industry and, you know, keep growing, keep learning and, you know, do whatever I could to provide support and, and be part of it. So I started with Siggy, as I mentioned, 11 years ago, um, had multiple roles, uh, ran programs for a while, um, then was director of value chain relations, uh, where I got to meet a lot of our members uh, and learn about uh, their needs and wants and requirements. Uh, and then uh, recently I was interim CEO of Siggy, uh, um, working with uh, the organization and working with CAM from the Civils Canada side uh, on the amalgamation and the merger. Um, so as you know, the merger completed on uh, June 1st. Um, we are very proud of it. It was uh, definitely a milestone achievement 
um and um, i'm happy that uh, the the board has um the faith and trust in me to to lead this organization going forward so what can we expect from Serials Canada on the future, Dean? Uh, you mentioned Cam. Cam Dahl has been named Chief Strategy Officer. He'll be staying on with the organization. You'll be working, uh, I guess, hip-to-hip uh, between the two of you on, on guiding this in, this organization going forward. What does the future look like for Serials Canada? You know, so, so Cam and I work really well together. And, you know, I would call it the dream team. Um, for me, you know, Cam is a inspirational, you know, highly respected leader in the Canadian agriculture industry, um, and him being part of this team uh, will play a pivotal role in the development and success of the new organization. Um, you know, Cam will be focused mostly on uh, policy, government relations, and market access, um, and that, together with uh, my knowledge based on you know market development and support for customers. Um, I think it is a, a, a complementary relationship that will um, help develop this organization for success. Um, it, overall, to answer your question, Sean, I think uh, we as a combined organization now, uh, as Serials Canada and SIGI being the technical division of Serials Canada, uh, we are a complete organization. Um, like, you know, if we said a few years ago that if we started off um, with two different organizations doing this work, it wouldn't have been the case. Uh, we would have been one organization that does market development, market support, uh, you know, research work. Uh, we would do market access, all of that combined in one organization. Um, and I think that is the key here. And together we are stronger. And Serials Canada moving forward will provide that, that uh, type of support for our customers and for all our members. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Raymore, Yorkton, and Watchers, New Holland. Working hard to keep more jingle in your jeans. And brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina. Specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. The 620 CKRM farm weather today. Southern Saskatchewan remains under a heat warning. That area includes Regina, Saskatoon, Moose Jaw, Weyburn, Estevan, and Swift Current. Check 620CKRM.com for more details. Today will be mainly sunny and a high of 34. Tonight, mainly cloudy with a 60% chance of showers late this evening and overnight with a risk of a thunderstorm and a low of 18. Tomorrow, mainly cloudy with a 30% chance of showers early in the morning and a risk of a thunderstorm and a high of 29 with a low of 12. Saturday, sunny, high of 32, low of 13. Sunday, sunny, high of 28 with a low of 10. Monday, sunny, high of 28 with a low of 12. Tuesday, a mix of sun and cloud, a high of 27 with a low of 12. Wednesday, a mix of sun and cloud and a high of 25. The normals for this time of year, the normal uh, normal high is about 24 degrees. The normal low is about 9 degrees. The sun rose at 5.55 this morning and will set at 8.08 tonight. Around the province in Prince Albert, it's 22. Saskatoon, it's 26. Swift Current, it's 32. Estevan, 30. Weyburn, 29. Yorkton, at 27. In Moose Jaw, it's partly cloudy and 31. And Regina, right now, it's mostly cloudy and 28. Back in a moment. 
You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Covering for Jim Smalley, here's Josh Sigerson. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal's Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com Saline-affected soils are the target of a long-term project at the Ag in Motion Discovery Farm in your Saskatoon. On Wednesday, a small group of properly and socially distanced farmers and media on tour of the site heard from Nutrient Ag Solutions' Brianna Lummerding. Is that salinity is a lot like insanity in the, in the form that we often, uh, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting the same results. And that's how we treat salinity patches often on our farm. And what we do is we continue to annual crop through them, we put seed, we put fertilizer, and then what happens is, is we don't end up getting the crop that we wanted, um, the profitability is not there, but yet every year we continue to do the same thing over and over again. So the alternative is? Is we're dealing with the water management. And so what we want to do is we want to take the water table down um, and get those salts that are in that top rooting zone of the soil, bring them down lower so that we can actually eventually achieve a profitable annual crop if possible. Lead Discovery Farm researcher Blake Wyseth notes that 2.5 million Saskatchewan farmed acres are saline affected and millions more are at risk. Miss Lemmerding says a special grass variety, AC Saltlander, is a tool to fight creeping salinity. Actually, very, very competitive with foxtail barley, also with kochia. Um, so we picked the most salt-tolerant forage varieties to try in three replicates um, that are uh, that are kind of alternate. Um, and what we're doing here is the big thing is getting a forage to establish, um, preventing that soil surface from being black, which is the worst thing that you can do because as soon as that water comes up, um, it's going to bring those salts into the rooting zone. But if we can stop the the ground from being black, get a crop. Uh, a forage crop to establish and then let it sit for that three to five years, we can work on removing those uh, salt water down into further into the soil surface. Strategic mowing is part of the approach. Team did a mow in July and so we came in. Um, if you were to walk out here, I mean you can see very heavy kochia which is um, a very dominant weed that we have uh, with, uh, with saline areas. Same with foxtail barley. So we came in early and we mowed that just to get some of the initial seed set uh, to stop from being happening. And then we went and we just recently did a uh, two inch mow and then a six inch mow. So you're going to see that's why there's um, shorter and taller areas is that we've done uh, two different heights for mowing. And the reason being is we're going to try here with the mowing. Um, do we have differences in winter kill on the varieties, uh, snow catch, moisture, um, even weeds, um, how those uh, weed competition we have with the crops. And then we will go in and then see how it kind of works out in the uh, spring with that. Blake Weiss says, says the Salinity Project is part of a wetlands management through wetlands consolidation strategy, with the goal to develop data management decisions. The project sponsorship includes the Sask Ag Ministry, Ducks Unlimited, and Proven Seeds as well as Nutrium. The field tour was a follow-up to Ag in Motion Summer Field Day, which this year was accessed online only in response to the COVID pandemic. 
day. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Filling in for Jim, here's Josh Sigurdsson. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And the Remax Crown Realty Egg Team of Marcel the Corby and Graham Toth. Online at landforsalesask.ca. Alberta reporter Cheryl Brooks chat with the Director of Community Initiatives with ATB Financial in Calgary continues as Terry Andreo is telling us that repersonalizing farming is more important than ever. Because a recent survey that has shown that while people like and respect farmers themselves, they don't always have warm feelings for agriculture in general. He says that with why it's and he says that why it's crucial that farmers either connect with people who don't have a farming background or the average person try to things that are agriculture based so they can see for themselves why farmers do certain things or use certain products and maybe get a bigger understanding from that. He says growing a garden, baking or making your own preserves can help in this matter. Andrio says not only does this dismiss any conspiracy theories, but it'll help connect you with the fact that farmers are real human beings. Yeah, and you know, probably the biggest thing that we've learned even prior to COVID is, you know, fear, fear sell. You know, people get really um, exposed to something that is is fearful and they embrace it, take it on. And what they really need to do is listen to the other side of the story. You know, because I think a lot of things that we're seeing on social media right now, um, there's just people sitting at polar opposite ends of the spectrum. There's not a lot of people playing in the middle. Mm-hmm. It's either you're on one side or on the other. And people on either side are not digging into the other side of the story. And I think that's what we're trying to do. What about concepts like open farm days? Farmers, the ones who want to take part, are still willing to open their gates to the public to to let them see what's going on in a safe COVID sort of way. They're still willing to open their gates to the public. So, I mean, that's always a good thing too, isn't it? It is. You know, the, the bad thing about something like that is it's not, if it doesn't work for your weekend, that's the only opportunity. Mm-hmm. So I think transparency to farms is a huge component of, of getting public trust buy-in. So I, I love the idea. It's a great starting point, but it needs to go a little bit further and in, in a, in a bigger opportunity because, you know, cramming it into one weekend in August at, at harvest time. So I love the idea. I love the concept, but it has to have a little bit more open door policy to it. You know, and we know with, with tourism in Alberta, one of the big components of tourism is agritourism. There's a lot more farms who are willing to open their doors for people to come and attend and see stuff like branding sessions, calving season. You know, obviously you can't go into pig barns or chicken facilities, but they are making provisions that you can see the barn from the inside and see what free run is all about and free range is all about. So I think the farmers are doing their best to to open their doors a little bit more, primarily, you know, to get that consumer trust back. Do you think we're closer to it now? I think we're making the steps in the right direction. We're starting to get closer, but I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of like I use the analogy, it's boiling the ocean. You know, it takes a while yeah. to, to boil the ocean. So this is not a switch that's going to turn on immediately. It's going to take some while to get get back in, into the consumer's mindset. Support local, <laughs> you know. I, I think it's really important, you know, especially at this time of the year when there's produce available and, and, and great quality product. And I think ask questions. You know, it's, it's your right as a consumer to, to ask as many questions and be as curious and support the local initiative because I think it's really important. And then just go out and, and, and try to grow something, whether it's a potted plant 
or a crop, that's what I'd like to probably close with. That's Terry Andrio, the Director of Community Initiatives with ATB Financial in Calgary. Saskatoon reporter Neil Billinger talked to Kevin Hirsch, a well-known journalist and agricultural consultant. Kevin also farms in the Cabri area, about 70 kilometers northwest of Swift Current. He says he's been combining for the past 10 days. Well, I guess we started into the maple peas earlier than we thought they would uh, come. Everything came quickly. So it was beginning of the second week of August where we started into maple peas. And once we had them all cleaned up, it was barely ready, but we... We had the large green lentils desiccated, and we didn't have a large acreage of those, but we cleaned those up, and then we looked for something to do for a while. We tried ground mustard and got a little bit of it off, but it's, it's just not quite ready. And by then, uh, we tried the durum before that, and it wasn't ready yet, too many green kernels. But after we had given up on the brown mustard temporarily, we tried the durum again, and now we're about two-thirds of the way through the durum. After the durum, it'll be... Uh, see how we can get all the brown mustard done and then we've got an acreage of chickpeas to contend with after that. Uh, The maple peas and the large green lentils, uh, what kind of uh, harvest results did you get there? Uh, Well above average for us. You know, the maple peas were above 50, uh, the large green lentils above 30. And I, I know in some parts of the province those aren't huge yields, but they're good yields for our farm and in this part of the world. The Durham is, is above average, but and we're not done it yet, but it's not as, as stellar. I, I don't know whether the, the heat conditions got to it or, or just what. It's, it's, again, above average crop for us, but not stellar and not as good as I might have hoped for. Have you been hearing about any weed problems or weed issues in uh, lentil crops this year? In the lentil crops, there's some that have huge, horrendous weed problems, especially with kochia, also in some cases with wild mustard. This is a big, big lentil growing area, but weeds are a real menace. There's fields where the yield is going to be drastically reduced because of weed pressure and just a a terrible mess. And then uh, in other cases, producers have have been able to get the control measures in place and have a reasonably clean crop. But boy, it's a kosher mess in, in many lentil fields. How did your region do in regards to uh, rainfall this year? Did it follow kind of the provincial pattern, uh, not too bad, you know, in that June period, but uh, drying up uh, and heating up in later in July and into August? Yeah, the last month there's been really nothing for measurable precipitation or, or very little, so it's, it's really turned around. But we had good precipitation through May and June, but it's, it's a localized thing too. If you go southwest of here and you know, some of those areas around Maple Creek, they're well below average. So there's differences depending exactly where you are. But we did pretty well for moisture, and, and that's why the, the crops are above average. Uh, we had average to above average precipitation. I think the early seeded crops probably will were better able to make use of the moisture, and I think the later seeded crops will not do as well. They, you know, they were trying to grow and flower and produce seed during that really hot weather, and I think it's really, really going to cut their production. We've been talking to a, a number of farmers this week to get a gauge on, on what they think might be happening. Uh, I know back in July there were some predictions of uh, uh, some, some pretty good uh, wheat crops. Uh, starting to hear people maybe scale back their expectations. Are you hearing uh, the same thing just because of the, the hot weather in late July and August? I think so, uh, and it's, it's area-specific. I think southeast Saskatchewan, those areas, they ran short of, of precipitation and, and weren't as lucky as this pocket of, in the southwest Saskatchewan. So, you know, following various 
producers on, on Twitter, you see some mixed results out there. It's not like there's a, a disaster, I don't think, uh, that's widespread, but there is uh, some disappointment. And that, I guess, has to be balanced with the fact that if, uh, if this weather holds, a lot of the crops will come off with, uh, with very good quality. That's a big help. Kevin Hirsch farms at Cabri in southwest Saskatchewan. Kevin is also an agricultural consultant and journalist. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source 620 CKRM. The Market Update is brought to you by Scott Bjornsson of Hollis Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And brought to you by Nelson GM, Assiniboia, and Avonlea. If you're a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Here are the latest Viterra grain prices. Durham is at 266.39. Feed barley, 161.70. Canola is down three dollars and twenty cents to four thirty eight seventeen. Flax at five forty eighty five. Lentils down eighteen dollars to five twenty nine fifty. Oats are unchanged at one seventy one eighty two. Yellow peas are at two forty four eighty nine. Feed wheat is at one sixty six sixteen. And number one red spring wheat is up eight cents to two sixteen fifty five. It's the Livestock Reports on The Source 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn at 842-4574. And brought to you by Cars Holding in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. Now the latest Livestock Quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of August 18th. Our last regular sale was on August 5th. The market on butcher cattle has been steady. D1 and D2 cows sold from $0.85 cents to $0.94. Cents. D3 cows sold from $0.74 cents to $0.84. Cents. Counter cows sold from $0.60 cents to $0.70. Cents. And good butcher bulls sold from $1.16 to $1.32. We had a pre-sorted yearling sale here in Weyburn yesterday. Once again, we set the pace for everyone else. 650 to 700 pound steers averaged $1.87 and sold up to $2.09. 700 to 800 pound steers averaged $1.97. $1.95 and sold up to $2.09. 800 to 900 pound steers averaged $1.89 and sold up to $2. And steers over 900 pounds averaged $1.78 and sold up to $1.88. Heifers were about 10 to 15 cents back from the steers. Some of the highlights from the sale were a load of 730 pound black steers at 208 and a half cents a pound. A load of 800-pound black steers at $1.98 a pound. A load of 900-pound exotic steers at $1.89.5 a pound. And a load of 1,000-pound exotic steers at $1.80 a pound. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets cattle and the prices too. Now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. The SIG 4 in Brandon is trading at $136.52. BP4 slash TCP4 in Moose Jaw Plant is trading at $140. Coming up, the resource report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. And now, the Resource Report, brought to you by the Foam Lake Combine Lotto. Win 225000 in cash or three hundred grand in combine cash. Ticket info at combinelotto.com. A Chinese official says trade envoys will hold a teleconference with U.S. officials in the near future on implementation of an agreement aimed at ending a tariff war. The Commerce Ministry spokesman gave no details of the timing. Envoys were due to discuss the Phase 1 trade agreement last week, but that was postponed. 
Under a deal signed in January, the two sides agreed to suspend potential additional penalties on each other's goods, but talks were to be held after six months. Beauty company Estee Lauder has announced plans to eliminate up to 2,000 workers to help deal with the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic. The New York-based company says that's about 3% of its workforce, including temporary and part-time employees. It also estimates the closure of between 10-15% to 15% of its freestanding stores globally, as well as some less productive department store counters. The moves were announced as Estee Lauder reported a fiscal fourth quarter loss of $462 million, compared with a profit of $157 million in the same period a year earlier. On the markets, Canada's main stock index edged lower as losses in the energy and financial sectors were offset in part by gains in the materials sector. The S&P TSX Composite Index was down 5 points at 16,572. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was down 55 points at 27,638. The S&P 500 Index was down 3 points at 3,371, while the Nasdaq Composite was up 38 points at 11,184. The Canadian dollar traded for 75.74 cents US compared with 75.92 cents US on Wednesday. The October crude contract was down 51 cents at $42.60 US per barrel. That's the resource report. Stay tuned for the closing grain prices at 145 this afternoon and an agri-news report at 345. Tomorrow morning, there's another agri-news report at 645 a.m. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. For Jim Smalley, I'm Josh Sigurdsson. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM.